Mass transit is what makes New York, New York. However, it has been decimated this past year by the pandemic. Ridership on the subways and city buses remain well below half of what it was pre-pandemic. And besides defeating the coronavirus, what will it take to restore mass transit here in New York City area? The MTA is set to receive an infusion of billions of dollars from the Biden stimulus package. But will that be enough, especially with Governor Andrew Cuomo intent on once again raiding dedicated mass transit funds in this year's state budget negotiations? Join us today to help making Joining us today to help make sense of it all is Danny Perlstein of the Riders Alliance, a membership organization of subway and bus riders in New York City, winning better transit by organizing riders into a powerful constituency. Danny, welcome to the Independent News Hour on 99.5 FM. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So one year into this pandemic, how would you assess the state of mass transit in New York City, as well as what needs to be done to revive it? Public transit is surviving thanks to massive federal aid that has kept millions of New Yorkers moving to work every single day. Ridership never dipped below a million. We're now back up over three million and we will build back, but it will take years and we will need continued federal and state support. And what will be the impact of the most recent infusion of of billions of dollars coming to the MTA from the American Rescue Plan uh, recently signed into law by President Biden. What's what's the amount of money coming to MTA? But more importantly, what will be the impact uh, here? So in total, with the three infusions uh, from last March, last December, and now this month, it's $14.5 billion to maintain MTA bus and train operations, which is completely historic. The federal government has never supported the MTA to a similar degree, and it's also entirely necessary. And, you know, that's why Senator Schumer and the other members of the New York congressional delegation, you know, we're so strong on this. Um, and it really, it enables the MTA to avoid the doomsday cuts to the network that we were talking about last summer, you know, when we produced a map showing half the subway lines disappeared. Um, and, you know, our partners produced, you know, documents showing that the fare could rise to $9. Uh, we are saved from that, you know, catastrophe, which would really have set the city back decades and prevented a recovery and, and been, you know, terribly inequitable. Um, but, you know, in order for the transit system to thrive, we'll need new state and federal investments even beyond this, because this just gets us back to where we were in February 2020. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, I think, it, you know, New York is the is the city that never sleeps for a reason. Um, and it's because of the subways. So why is it important that Cuomo not raid dedicated state MTA funds in the state budget talks taking place right now? So the governor had proposed to cut a few hundred million dollars from public transit to balance the state budget. He was giving all of the agencies across the board some sort of financial haircut, and the MTA wasn't spared, even though the MTA's finances were in much, much worse shape prior to the most recent federal aid package than any other state agency, because the MTA depends overwhelmingly on fares and you know, had lost the majority of its fares. Um, lost the majority of its riders. And so, you know, we thought it was a huge mistake for the governor to raid dedicated transit funds. I mean, not least that the legislature repeatedly voted to safeguard these funds and make sure they were spent only on transit. And that was, you know, the democratic process, but also that for the city to build back, we need a robust transit system and raiding the funds really jeopardized the fare. It jeopardized levels of service and it made, you know, fare hikes and service cuts much more likely. So we are strongly supportive of the Senate plan 
in Albany, which would cancel the raids, restore those funds to the MTA and actually bring in additional revenue, you know, as part of the new revenue the Senate is proposing to raise in progressive taxation, some of that hundreds of millions of dollars would go to follow federal investment and put more money into the MTA to avert fare hikes and service cuts that the agency might plan anyway, you know, not the doomsday cuts, but ones that could still make the system less frequent and less reliable, less useful to people as we're trying to bring people back into transit. Right. And uh, I um, have a couple of questions here. Uh, one is uh, for our listeners, what's your expectation of what the fare, the basic fare will be um, through 2021? Is it expected to go up any or stay the same? Um, and, and also just uh, in terms of the number of trains that are going to be running, I mean, we're we're still in a pandemic, and if more people are riding the in the in the system, it seems like we need more trains, or lest we have cars packed uh, full of people. So we need to be vigilant, and we need to stay active because we beat the fare hike earlier in the year, but we want a postponement. We didn't win the outright cancellation of the fare hike, and we need to keep pushing on that because we've heard it's a several-month reprieve, but actually it should be a several-year reprieve because we want to keep the fare stable as ridership builds all the way back, not just comes in a little bit higher than it was yesterday. Um, On the service front, it's the same thing. Service needs to be as frequent as possible. So we can't say we're right-sizing service because ridership is diminished because what that does is it it blocks in low levels of service. We need to provide plentiful service, frequent, reliable service, so people can count on the transit system they're coming back to. Oh. Right. And, and also, um, Danny, can you talk about the overnight closures of the system that started last spring and, and still continue to this day? Sure. So, you know, part of providing frequent and reliable service is providing it when New Yorkers need it. And New Yorkers have built their lives around 24-7 subway service. That's why tens of thousands of people take the train overnight and would even during this pandemic. And, you know, when the governor shut the trains for four hours overnight in May, you know, almost immediately we saw the data come in, which was that the trains were safe. We didn't need to close them in order to power wash them. We didn't need to power wash them in order to stop a disease that spreads primarily through the air. And that it was a certain amount of hygiene theater. And there was an unfortunate ulterior motive of moving homeless people along. Right. The governor acknowledging that people are forced to live in the transit system rather than providing them a safe private place to go, shut the system down to to move them along. And uh, that, you know, that's an example of taking the can down the road. It's it's cold hearted austerity, but it also just doesn't work. Um, you know, there there are proven methods of ending transit homelessness, but the state hasn't invested in those. And they certainly should, because no one believes that the transit system is a good place to live. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that homeless New Yorkers need safe private places to be. Uh, and that's something that the state needs to invest in, you know, to relieve the burden on the individuals themselves forced to live in public, you know, not just so that other people don't have to see homeless people. Um, but that was really, you know, key to the closures. And that's one reason why, although we've won significant service restorations in the 1 to 2 a.m. and 4 to 5 a.m. hour, the closure itself persists in this two-hour block. Um, frankly, you know, not because that's when the virus is being scrubbed up all the, all the surfaces so effectively, but because they can continue to say the system is closed. And, you know, that doesn't, of course, 
automatically boot everyone out, but it, it tells people they're not supposed to be there. And so we look forward to a day, hopefully quite soon, when the service returns fully. Um, but we also know we need to work on the enduring issue and end transit homelessness once and for all by giving New Yorkers a place to live. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, we agree. Uh, before we go, how can people find out more about Riders Alliance? So please follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Um, we have a website, but we are in the process of upgrading it. Uh, we are we are at Riders Alliance on Twitter. Um, and, uh, you know, we are we'll be seeing us soon on bus shelters. We're going to be rolling out a new, a new set of, of bus ads. Uh, so we're very excited about those. Um, but please do keep an eye on our work um, because we need New Yorkers standing up for better public transit. That is how we win. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Danny Perlstein with Riders Alliance. When we return, we will look at a big victory on the state legislature last week, the passage of a new law to curtail the use of solitary confinement in New York's prisons and jails. Few have fought harder to end solitary confinement in New York than our next guest.